Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, December 8, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have the trend is your friend until the very end. That's item number one. And what we're doing now is taking a look at the daily chart and we're identifying the things that really jump off the page. Is there any standout stuff where the daily chart is trying to tell us something? And the answer is there's no change. The trend is your friend. We know about that. The market made a new high today. It closed at a new high. The previous closing high was 369.85, just underneath 370. That was on Friday. Today, they closed at 370.19, above the big fat round number of ES3700 and SPY370. That's important from a psychological perspective. There's no magic to that number. Let's have a discussion about new highs. What's going to happen? Are they going to fail? Are they going to have a melt-up situation where the market just perpetually goes up day after day after day to some unknown destination? Here's what we do know. The longer they hang around 370, the more likely it is they're going to, or at least they're in the process of building energy to make another move or another leg higher. However, there is a failure point. Where is that failure point? What would be the number? What would be the spot on the chart that would concern the bulls? Where would the fumble be on the daily chart? We talked about it yesterday. It remains the same. We're going to use this gap right here and we're going to call it sub 263. And if the market gets below that gap, starts closing hourly and then daily below that gap, that's trouble for a number of reasons. A, it's below the gap. B, it would then be below the 20 period moving average. And C, it would be a recapture of the breakdown candle high that we are now in the process that would have normally been released in the southern direction as a result of this big breakdown candle. Instead, the market got above the breakdown candle and is now releasing the same energy in the northern direction. Where's the end of it? They're at new highs. We don't have a point of reference. Think about it like this. Let's say there's some kind of a spark where the market begins trading higher in the morning. It's poised for a gap higher opening. It's a gap and go scenario. And next scene shows they've bolted on another 40, 50, 60 S&P handles. Let me ask this question. Is that a possibility at any point in time? And the answer is, of course it is. And if that were to happen, the market would easily be at 375, 374, 376. Who knows? The answer is, we don't know, which is why we're not going to guess. What we're going to do is wait for the market to tell us something that's important. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let's say the market starts trading downward and begins to fail and can't sustain above 370. What's going to be the next area of interest? How about the breakdown candle high? That's the next big spot. There's a couple of others in and around there, but what we'll do is reserve those for inside the numbers members. For here, we'll just take a bigger picture approach and we'll say, Getting back below that breakdown candle high is going to be trouble for the bulls. 
But then a trader would say, well, wait a minute, that's already 50, 60 handles away. Yeah, it is. But inside the numbers, members will have stuff nearby if there's the makings of a failure. We're not going to anticipate, which brings me to the next thing. This is somewhat recycled information, but it's really important information, so I want to just graze over it. You hear a lot of stuff. You all, or most of you, watch the media, you read blogs, you read stuff, you listen to stuff that says the market's overvalued, the market's going to crash, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, the Fed's doing this, the money supply is this, all that stuff. It's all part and parcel to what we call the wall of worry. It's been going on since the beginning of time. What our objective is, is to check our bias at the door. You can believe what you want, but you have to take the market at face value. I may believe the economy is built on a house of cards. I may believe that the Fed has printed so much money that they can't recover. I may believe a lot of other things. It doesn't have anything to do with what I think the market might do over the next hour or the next day or two or three. That's being able to check your bias at the door when you look at the chart, take the market at face value, and separate the two things because they're independent of one another. The market is not the economy. The market is not necessarily always showing you a dose of reality. On one hand, price is an absolute. That's where the market is at any point in time. But on the other hand, remember, the market is designed by the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. It's designed to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So for example, it's going to look, and it's looked like this before, and it will look like this again, it's going to look like the market will never, ever, ever go down again, right before it makes a turn. The market looks like it's going to collapse or drop into the abyss and go down to zero right before it turns up and has a rip-your-face-off rally after it took a sufficient amount of people, investors, traders, out behind the woodshed. In a nutshell, what I'm really saying is we don't know how high the market can get. There's nothing that says we can't get to 380, 3800, and there's nothing that says we didn't top out today or won't top out tomorrow. We don't know until we know. Therefore, we take the market at face value every step of the way on all time frames, all charts. Are any of the other charts that we look at from time to time going to tell us anything different than the daily chart is telling us since we closed at a new high? And the answer is no. You're not going to get any indication from any chart that I look at of anything other than the market closed at a new high, therefore you move on. What about inside the numbers today? Pretty interesting stuff. I think you'll also be interested to know that in here, what you'll see is I call this morning a fake decline or a fake sell-off. And it was kind of one of those things where we had our antennas up and you have to set the stage. The market was trading down overnight. It was trading down slightly early this morning and down is fine. Down gives us opportunities. I'm good with down. It's the float higher that takes away a lot of the opportunities because there's not a lot of stuff, quote unquote, on the move. Down creates excitement. Down creates stuff on the move. So let's see what we have as the early thoughts get underway. You have to prepare for both sides. That's how we get game ready. 
So down south, we're looking at 364.20. That opens the door for some lower stuff. We have a couple of things. We have some numbers that are squeezed together. If you remember, we have an old high that was 364.38. And we want to be prepared. We start with the big picture, the lower stuff that might seem out of reach, but some days certainly isn't. And then we work backwards from there. Still yet, in the spirit of being prepared, the first best number was 366. That's the number that I was willing to get long the market in and around 366. That was before the opening bell when I saw the lay of the land, figuring they were going to trade lower, they were going to go down to test the overnight lows, all that stuff. It didn't happen, but that was the preparation work. And then we start giving some other numbers from there. What you can do is pause the video and then read the notes on your own. Go back to the charts to double check the work. And here it is. Awareness that it could be a fake down day in the making. What does that mean? It means at some point later we would see a quick turnaround and it actually happened earlier, but a quick turnaround and rally right back up as if the sellers vanished and were put on ice. It's all part of looking around the horn and getting prepared for game time. What made me think that way? Well, if you look up here, and this is why I encourage you to read everything. I'm going to give this one to you, but I skip over a lot of stuff in this video that's written inside the numbers that are learning opportunities. When I look for stocks on the move each and every day, I have a scanner that spits out things that fit into the criteria I'm looking for. When the scanner has really not a lot to spit out and then I look over and I see my list of stocks and I don't really see a lot of stuff down. I don't see a lot of pressure, selling pressure in the market. So the S&P or the E-mini might be down slightly overnight, might be down early in the morning, 10, 15, 20, 25 points. But if I don't see stocks that are under pressure, it's a hint that it's a fake sell-off. So what did I do with that information? I passed it along to Inside the Numbers members. That's what they're paying for, or at least in small part of what they're paying for. Moving right along. Still before the opening, we're discussing the fact that we're on the lookout for a shakeout operation. And you can read the rest of the stuff on your own, pause the video, and do the due diligence. 9.36. Now here's where you really need to pay attention because it sets the stage for the rest of the day. Closing candles above 368.75 would be the bear fumble and the bulls would be large and in charge. Here we go. You know the routine. Right of the vertical, today's activity. SPY, five-minute chart. Let's get the lay of the land. The market gaps down. It's opening all the way down here. So the opening print was down at 367.69. Now, what we're saying in that post is 368.75 is the number. If they can get above and stay above 368.75, the bulls are large and in charge. So what happened? They ran up there, and it was, in fact overhead resistance. You'll see that again in the notes. They came down the next time up, not the same deal. You'll see that in the notes, getting above, closing candles above, closing hourly above, large and in charge. Tour guide. Remember that from last night? Let's move along and see what else we find in the notes. 950, can they still get to 368.75? Yes, why not? Of course. By 10.07, for now, the early comment about the fake sell-off 
was about right, moving right along. Now it's official. 368.75 was resistance. You see here at the 1011 post, the no change means 368.75 is still resistance and represents the spot where it's showtime for the bears. Closing candles above is the fumble for the bears. 368.75. And the rest of the day is kind of, you see what you get, you get what you see. They got back to the big fat round number. They got above the big fat round number. I urge you to pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts where applicable, your stuff to learn every single day, all day. Some days it's very, very quiet and that's fine. I'll give some learning opportunities. Other days it gets kind of wild and we take advantage of the volatility inside the numbers. What about stocks on the move? We'll take a look today at a couple of charts. We'll take a look at Toll Brothers. It says jump target. We have to look at that chart. And we'll look at HRB. JBL and Peloton did not hit their objectives or their numbers. So there are no trades. They're off the board. We'll start with Toll Brothers, T-O-L. And there were three numbers on the board for Toll. And it gapped below the first number. So all we do is simply ignore that number. The second number is then active. So the second and third numbers, as you can see, the market comes into the first, gets back and forth activity a little bit, finally comes into the second. So now we've got half at the first, if you're painting by the numbers, and half at the second. The market finally rallies back up above the first and never really does anything for the remainder of the day. So while it was a base hit by the book, painting by the numbers, not the greatest trade in the book, but guess what? Here's what we do know. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. You never know when the doubles, triples, and home runs are going to show up. It's apparent from looking at the chart, the numbers were in fact important. You just didn't get a tremendous rally back away from either number. But that's okay. The numbers are what's important. If you have the numbers, I assure you, the trades will come. How about HRB, block? Looks on the surface like a shitburger. It was a shit burger if you were in the trade and took a loss. However, part art form, part science, I have to explain this. I explain this all the time and it's worth explaining every single time. Here's my thing when you're painting by the numbers. If the stock comes close, close enough to where you're not sure, that's close enough. If it comes close and bounces away, the equivalent of having done the deal, that's it. The trade's over. Doesn't matter what happens after that. It might come back down, hit the number, and work just great. But for me, in terms of painting by the numbers, it's over. Therefore, it becomes trader's choice if a trader wants to enter a trade after something like that happens. For me, the trade is over. Painting by the numbers, the trade is over. But trader's choice is always trader's choice. So look what happened to this one. The low in the first minute of the day was 17.16. The high, just a few minutes later, was 17.33. Technically, they did the deal. I don't want that trader after I see that shenanigan nonsense. That's it. That's the end of the story. I've showed you that many, many times on many different stocks over a long period of time, and it's not going to change. When I see that, I don't want the trade. It's part of 
the how to run this as a business manual. You just have to do a lot of things that not only make you money, but you also have to do a lot of things that keep you out of trouble. What's going on over in Camp IWM? The IWM, as you know, is my favorite market leading indicator. So what's the favorite market leading indicator doing or saying today? Up 1.39%, two and a half bucks and then some. Anything wrong with the IWM? Making new highs in an uptrend? Absolutely not. Nothing is indicating anything other than what's going on. We take the chart at face value and move along. Here's a monthly chart. Here's what I'll say, and this is just directed at folks that have taken the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. Time is more important than price. I'll let you just chew on that for a moment. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. Is anything wrong from a bull perspective on the transport chart? And the answer is no. They're in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until it's not. You have nothing to do with this other than move it along. And the reason why we keep doing that is because it's all the same market. All these markets are going to go up together if they go up at all. And therefore, not necessarily to the same magnitude, but if the S&P 500 is going to be up, then we know the transports are going to be up. And if the S&P and the transports are up, there's a pretty good likelihood that the IWM is going to be up. And there are days when they diverge and we know all that. I'm talking about good, solid, big up days. If everything is bullish, then everything is bullish. When everything is bullish and one of these things turns around and isn't so bullish, it may be giving a signal. That's why we call them market leading indicators, canary in the coal mine, all that stuff. We're not talking about indicators from Joe's indicator shop. You know, the ones for $49.95. You can join the indicator of the month club. My question is always, if you have such a good indicator this month, what about last month's indicator? Is it not as good as it was last month when it was on sale? Don't answer that, Joe. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q cubed. Anything new? Absolutely not. Same routine. Grinding higher, uptrend. You know the story. I get asked quite a bit when markets or a stock is at new highs, do I use or can we use FIB extensions? And let me discuss that for a second. Now, I teach FIBs and how to use them in my course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, but I don't teach FIB extensions. And let me explain why real quick. Because they work about as good as a coin flip, maybe not even as good. The reason why the FIBs work, at least the way I teach it, is because we put it together with what I now call a full stack. When you have several things on the chart that all point to the same or similar price, it enhances the reason why that trade is going to work. If you just have a FIB extension, it's all you have. You have nothing else to hang your hat on. It reduces the odds against using them when there's history and points of reference like we teach in the course. Gabish, gabish. Put the FIB extensions on ice. In fact, put them along with Joe with his indicator shop. What about the XLF? Anything new and exciting here? No. Looks like a big up day, but that's because they opened low and finished near the highs. That's bullish nonetheless. They're near the recent highs. They're above the gap. They're above the important weekly number. It's bullish, period, and full stop. We know the story. We know the routine with the XLF. What's the objective as far as the XLF people are concerned? 30 bucks. What about Smash Mouth? Anything wrong here? 
other than the fact that it's too far from home base. And when things get too far from home base, home base is the 20 period moving average, they have a tendency to either go sideways for a while, letting home base creep up to price, or they come back down toward home base. And what that really does is work off some of that air quote, oversold or overbought condition. In this case, it's an overbought condition. The reason I do the air quotes is because I hate that term because there's no measurement. How far is something overbought? When is something overbought? How long can something stay overbought? And the answer is indefinitely. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.